Hello. Today it's the 23rd of June. I'm sat in sunny Rosendale in my warehouse working away and just trying to fit in a good intro for this podcast. Today I've got a wonderful interview with Naomi Sade. She is a female entrepreneur from London who has been featured in Forbes. She's been through some crazy life experiences which you're going to hear all about and this interview has really come to terms with how she has put her faith in the universe, pushed forward and essentially created a brand which is inclusive in all aspects. So I hope you enjoy it as much as I did um, because it was an absolute pleasure speaking to her and I've learned a lot. So please subscribe, give it a like, I think you can do that and yeah, enjoy the interview. So I guess from 2016 when mum remarried. Yeah, and then that's when they sold our family home as well. That I like I so we lived in northwest London. Okay. Um, so it was always me, my mom, my younger brother, my younger sister, and obviously like my stepdad. Mm-hmm. Um and yeah, I went to secondary school, primary school there, I had friends there and everything. So so when she when she broke the news that she was actually selling the house, I was like, "What's going on? What's to do now?" Going on, yeah, a bit of a reality check because I would say, like, even though she went back and forth to visit my stepdad before they relocated to Holland, I I'd go like maybe a week or two weeks without seeing her. But I was like, "How am I supposed to survive without you? What am I going to do now?" <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but it, it was fine. Like I'd say, it was actually one of the best things that ever happened to me and my siblings. Mm. And we kind of had to grow up really quick. So in the beginning, we decided to stay together because me and my siblings are really close. Mm. Um, and we rented a place in Watford, actually. And my sister at the time, she was in uni. Um, I was working full time, and my brother was kind of just doing his own thing. And we were just we had like completely different lives. So it just wasn't working. I was like, listen, I love you guys, but we can't live together. <laughs> kind of being with family all the time, it, it, it's a lot. And especially like you said, like your sister was probably like partying, like out all the time at uni, like having a good time. And then you're coming in from work and it must have been hard. Like that's It was crazy. Actually, one time <laughs> um, she organised a, a house party. And this was when we were renting in the place in Watford. <laughs> And the party literally got out of control. There were like hundreds of people there in like this small little terraced house um, and on a residential street. And we almost got evicted from that place. I, I was actually on a staycation with my kids and I was like, what is going on? But um, yeah, we, we didn't get evicted. They just said like, this can't happen again. Oh, <laughs> I bet you went mad. Like I literally would have lost my shit. I would have been like, what is going on? Like, um, <laughs> Yeah, but I guess kind of everyone has to experience something like that. Yeah. So after she's like, yeah, I'm sorry, I'm not doing that every day. <laughs> At least it wasn't happening again. But that's, no, that's good. You sound like a, I feel like I'm so uptight as a person that I would find that so difficult. Like I would probably have just flown off the handle. So you sound like a very. Oh, no, like I went mad. Like, I don't think I, I think I didn't speak to her for weeks. And I actually put a lock on my door afterwards. <laughs> Because you couldn't borrow your clothes, right? Yeah. <laughs> I thought so. I thought so. So 
obviously when all of this was happening and you were working was this when you were working at Urban Decay or kind of what what period of time was this like let's let's Uh, yeah so this was when my mum had sold the house and this all happened in one weekend so uh, I'd moved with my brother and sister into the place in Watford first time living out and I was starting a new job at Lancome as well so we moved on the weekend unpacked everything and then I started on the Monday Um, so that was very intense but because I'd kind of been in beauty for a few years already Mm -hmm. um I kind of already knew like everyone just kind of floats about anyway so when I started at Lancome luckily I already had like two people there that I knew so I was at Lancome first and I loved it at Lancome but I wanted to progress um I was managing a counter in London in North London and um I couldn't progress onto a bigger account and I'd like teach people how to like run successful accounts and I'd go through their paperwork and I'd train newbies on like how to sell. And I really love that. And they were like, you're doing great, but we just don't have anything for you. And they were so lovely. I had, and Urban Decay came up and Decay and I'd always loved Urban. Like mm. I, my first proper eyeshadow palette was the Naked. Naked. Yeah, yeah. the original Naked palette. <laughs> because it was the flagship boutique as well. Sorry, my So that was like the go-to store. We'd have influencers come in, organize events. We had a great relationship with head office. I got to help out with visual merchandising for like the London area as well, which was amazing. Um, it did so many things we got to, and there was so much more freedom. And because it was a flagship boutique, we had a and yeah, it was it was amazing. It was it was really great working there. But unfortunately, the store closed, and that's when I left. So that's when I decided after having a break away. The most days I had off was like two days over Christmas, which I felt was I felt like six weeks. Yeah. <laughs> this was 2019. Obviously, I went to see my parents in Holland, and I got to spend a whole week um, with them for Christmas, which I'd never experienced. Before. They said, you know, what are you going to do now? And I said, well, obviously, you know, I'm going to stay in beauty. I love it so much. So, you know, being in it for so long, you know, people, you're like, oh, yeah, I'll just call so-and-so and see what they've got going on. And they said, well, why don't you start something yourself? And I was like, what do you mean? And they were like, you should think about it. And I was like, mm, okay. <laughs> the pandemic hit. And I was just like, I, I had been thinking about it, having a conversation with my fiance, I was like, we could actually do this. So that's when I decided to create my brand, Naomi Shadi London. And it's like more than a year in. And, and I'm so glad that everything that happened to me happened because it's led to this point. A hundred percent. And the experience that you've had, you left university and, and you went to work for Lancome and then to Urban Decay and then like you said, you've had so much thrown at you. Like not only were you kind of a woman growing up, but in terms of progressing, like you had your your mum selling the family home. Then I guess you almost took responsibility for the for the family. And you're like, look, let's go and move together. And then you were sorting all that out as well as progressing your career. And you had all of these kind of challenges and you were able to stay focused. And was there a particular method that you used during that time? Or was it just kind of a and understanding that the universe does always have your back. I do strongly believe in that. Um, do you know what's crazy, actually, is, um, well, I can laugh about it now. I spent many months crying about it before when it happened. 
But while I was in my second year of uni, my house actually burnt down. What? Yes, and I was in the house. Oh, no! Yes, so it was crazy. You've been through a lot. Yeah, that was a crazy time. Lucky to be alive. But we literally lost everything. And I was in my second year of uni, having to go to exams, having to write my and finish my assignments, having to attend uni. It was a crazy time living in a hotel uh, and going back and forth hotel, literally not having anything. And my friends then were amazing. They'd go to Topshop because they knew what I was like, (laughs) go to Mac come with like a small bag this was all I could afford I know that you wanted this and you wanted this because I had nothing and yeah I still managed to pass my second year and we spent I think it was like nine or ten months in a hotel while the house was being rebuilt and then yeah I think that that whole process actually taught me a lot it taught me that you know you should be grateful for every day that you wake up because you never know what's going to happen and I'm here and I'm here for a reason grateful to be alive and and I feel like everything happens for a reason and you just have to take it and just learn from it and get on with it really yeah um, so yeah I think that that experience kind of just taught me taught me a lot and I think gratitude yeah. is is a huge part of it as well like you you said obviously losing everything and having your girls coming around and giving you even the smallest gift of yeah. the world but that just shows what an incredible friendship group you have around you and I mean they must just be be so proud of you now as well like everything that you've you've gone through and like you've come out on the other end and you've really pushed yourself from obviously like working on counter at Lancome like working in training and then getting to management level at Urban Decay and now you've got your own brand that's a massive do you feel as though their support has been a big part of of you being able or would you say that you kind of drive yourself what how does that kind of work yeah I would say that I'm definitely self-motivated and I do have a really close relationship with my with my girls and when I did first start my journey building my brand it was like my baby and I, I didn't know how people would react to it so I kind of kept it a secret for a few months actually and I was like okay don't kill me but I'm doing this thing and I told her all about it she's like oh my gosh this is amazing mm-hmm why don't you tell me about this sooner? And that's what I was like, actually, yeah, why am I keeping this a secret? Let me, let me tell my friends about it. And so supportive and giving me advice and helping me with photo shoots and giving me ideas and everything. And yeah, that they've really, really helped me. And they've also pushed me because not every single day has been great. Like there have been some really, really challenging times where I've literally just stayed in bed and and not wanted to come out of my room Mm -hmm. because things were going so badly Mm -hmm. and they were the ones that were sending me voice notes getting me through so yeah I'm really appreciative of them yeah I get I get that I mean I think there's there's so much to be said for like sisterhood and and it doesn't necessarily just have to be women friends does it like I'm sure that your partner has had like a great impact on you and has been able to help you through those dark days as well and I think that as much as like being an entrepreneur is being quite lonely as long as you have got a good support group of friends and don't forget that they're there then you will be okay I mean there's a tendency sometimes it's funny like you just said then about how you didn't tell your friends prior about the business and they came around and they kind of stumbled upon it and you just didn't want to tell them like I can fully I can identify with that hugely because there were times when I was so nervous kind of said 
oh, like I'm doing this now or I'm trying this. And I'd always be like, oh God, are people going to think I'm stupid? Are people going to judge? Are people going to, and that's not necessarily friends, but I'm just, I've always been quite worried about what other people think. I mean, I've been wanting to start this podcast for like two years and I finally made the decision that it has to happen. And I really want to speak to so many people about so many amazing things. Congratulations, by the way. Thank you. Thank you. I think that there is a lot to be said for people who are, kind of willing to take the risk because people always think as well like oh it's it's just a risk of the job but for me it was quite a big risk I get a lot of self from my business like you said then about it being your baby like my businesses are my babies and I I love them and I grow them and I nurture them and I fear that if anything happened to them then where would I be I mean do you ever feel like that yeah definitely I can identify with that as well when I was going through the period of not working and the beauty industry this is when the pandemic like kind of started out we touch people's faces we get up close and personal and I was like how is that gonna work should I start looking for something else so I started applying for things like HR and I was like this isn't me like I love beauty so much what am I gonna do with what am I supposed to do so yeah I I kind of just followed what I loved and stuck to that and it's got me to where I am now and it's my passion I've loved it I think that everybody should kind of just go with their passion and, and don't do something that makes you unhappy if you're scared it's fine to be afraid you have to be comfortable with being uncomfortable so obviously sorry the pronunciation of the of the brand so I've got Naomi oh everybody always asks me this so so it's like you know the singer Sade it's like Sade oh that's how, you, that's how you pronounce it so it's it's a Yoruba name so it's a Yoruba is like a, a tribe Nigerian tribe and Sade is a Yoruba name and with the accent on the e that's how you pronounce it so Sade Sade so Naomi Sade London I was actually just going to ask about the Sade do you go a little bit further into that Nigerian heritage and kind of how you were inspired to choose that particular tribe and what that means to you Yeah, so the funny thing is, is that that isn't actually my name. So I am obviously a woman of colour, like I'm I'm black, but my heritage is Afro-Caribbean. So both of my parents are from the Caribbean, but I was born in this country. So whenever I'd actually, so my parents never gave me a middle name. It was just Naomi and that's it. I always called myself that name. (laughs) Yeah, so people always thought that that was my middle name. And that was like my, like, you know how Beyonce has like her special mm-hmm. Yeah. So whenever I go out or I wouldn't want somebody to know my name, that would be my name. I just call myself Sade and my friends were like, oh, here, here we go. Here we go. <laughs> my fiance is actually Nigerian and we've been together for 10 years now. And when we first met, he was like, are you Nigerian? And I said, no, I'm not. And he said, oh, you know that Shade, that's actually a Nigerian name because he is Yoruba. Um, and I said, oh, really? That's, that's so interesting. Obviously, that name is like kind of stuck with me and I use it on everything. When we were setting things up, I was like, oh my gosh, why don't we just call it my name? He was like, Naomi is just boring. And I said, no, I'm going to have Naomi Shade on it. And then we were like, actually, yeah, that could work. But why not? And then we added the, the little London stamp on it as well. And I love the name. I love it. So, yeah. I love it. So a bit more about the brand then. So 
obviously the brand itself it is curated for women of color is that how you position yourself as a brand because obviously like I know that your models that you've got inclusive modeling with both black and white women so that was one of the main reasons why I started Naomi Shadi London was because I felt like there wasn't enough inclusivity even though it does look like there is around us and brands are getting a lot better which is absolutely amazing but I still feel like it's not where it should be what in 2021 so I when I started my brand I wanted for that to be clear that you know the, with the modeling and, and the colors and everything that somebody who's like me could look at it and be like actually you know what I can I can try this brand I can identify with this brand I love the colors they look like they suit me um but the brand is fully inclusive so when I when I developed uh, the eyeshadow palette is our first product we've got other products coming soon mm-hmm. um I wanted to make sure that the shades were right for everyone but I wanted to make sure that there were enough shades that would suit the warmer and, and darker skinned people because that was a pain point for me um doing freelance and working for all these brands is I'd always have to have multiple palettes on the table and mm-hmm. that kind of put people off it was frustrating as well having to lug like you know a bag around suitcase or whatever with like loads of products in it and eyeshadow palettes quite heavy <laughs> um it came from that pain point of I didn't feel like there was enough for people that looked like me and I think I think I knew that anyway but it's, I know it's an inclusive brand but it's good to always ask the question because I feel like it's important that it a brand focused at a darker skin tone. people seem to be kind of jumping at the idea of creating products for darker skin tones but not actually having a darker skin tone themselves and then not really understanding the colors and the concepts behind it and everything like that whereas with you you've actually had real life experience with that and you can actually bring forward what you know is that would you say that's the right kind of thing to say yeah definitely because i actually started out doing freelance when i was in uni and then I worked for Estee Lauder companies. Um they've got like a bureau. I don't know if they still do that now, but back then you get to work for all the Estee Lauder brands training as and I did that for a year. So I got to practice on like loads of different faces because before it was kind of like, you know, friends and, and family mm-hmm, yeah. And, and yeah, so from that I got to learn okay, you know, you've got like low, you've got olive, you've got you know, your yellow, you've got your red, you've got your orange, you've got your green undertones and literally i would do a thousand faces in a week wow kind of yeah 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 so you kind of you learn what works well on people and you i mean i i love the palette it's five shimmers and then is it seven mattes is that correct yeah and the formula is spot on it's been made so that it's long lasting and it's vegan cruelty free and talc free which is also incredible can you Tell me a little bit more about obviously being registered as vegan. So how your process was for that and kind of what pushed you to ensuring that you had those registered labels attached to your brand? Because a lot of brands will say they're vegan, but they won't be registered at, for example, on a vegan site or they or they'll be cruelty free, but Peter won't have registered. Yeah, sure. So it came from obviously the inclusivity piece. So when I actually worked for Urban Decay. Um, Decay is an amazing brand. They have got vegan products, but they can't 
market themselves as 100% vegan because they aren't. So I think there was a bit of confusion when customers would walk in, amazing experience, come to the till, and then I'd be like, oh, unfortunately, this isn't vegan, this isn't vegan, this isn't vegan, this isn't vegan. And, you know, they get a bit upset and a bit disappointed. So I wanted to make sure that when I developed products myself, that I wouldn't have that issue. And it, people feel very strongly about that. And I can't say that we're fully inclusive when I'm leaving out vegans and I'm leaving out people who, who are very, feel very strongly about animal cruelty obviously I do as well so yeah I, I was like okay how are we gonna get our approval then so that's when I started doing research and yeah so I actually just went on to the Peter website and obviously there's the Leaping Bunny as well and many others but I feel like I, I just preferred Peter. they ask you if you want to do cruelty-free certification or if you want to do the vegan and cruelty-free certification so I wanted to make sure that we could have both. We were certified for both. And I've got a really great manufacturer here in the UK, which I love. Um, I said I want for everything to be cruelty-free and vegan anyway. So you have to submit a lot of information to PETA. There was a lot of back and forth for a few months, actually, before I was certified. But yeah, I, I jumped and screamed when I got the email saying, here's your certification, everything's been passed. You know, you can look on the website and you're there. And I was like, oh my God, that's amazing. And I can actually use the PETA logo on my products, have it on my website. So I literally plaster it everywhere. That's <laughs> um, so good. It, yeah. Yeah, I, I just feel like it's brands could do it and I'm confused as to why they don't do it. Mm, your Max and those brands, whoever is selling in China isn't actually cruelty free. So I think that's why a lot of them don't have it. And also, I think that there's a lot to be said for the power of a brand as well. And there could actually be a movement towards making China cruelty free and vegan and working towards that but it seems as though brands are always driven by the money and always driven by yeah. capital and it's incredible that from day one you've just started your brand by saying no 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 no, this is our bottom line this is what we stick to we're inclusive and you went in and put because obviously it's not free to register at peter like you you had to fund that so you've initially made an investment for the future of the brand straight off and a lot of people won't do that until concept is proven is incredible I mean and this is where I, I want to talk to you a bit about obviously more on the business side and like how I remember when I started my company my first one palette I was working two jobs at the same time so I was working in like unfortunately I wasn't a fully trained makeup artist I was just working as, as just like a cashier but I was working at Selfridges and kind of learning more about the beauty industry and understanding more and more about consumers. But how were you able to get this business going? What? Yeah, so it was it was so difficult in the beginning. Um, obviously, because I wasn't working, so we had savings, unfortunately, and also my fiance, who's been super super supportive. We're both partners in the business. He works a really great job. Very blessed, very fortunate for that. So we use our savings and also his salary to help fund and get the business um, up and running. So without that, I don't know where we would be. Um, you can start with anything, you know, like <clears throat> if you really want it to work and you can speak to family and friends, but yeah, that that's, that's how I got started. Yeah. And, and that as well is you and your partner have got into 
business together, which in itself is a huge thing. And what an incredible relationship that you have where the support is there from from your loved one and the opportunity to kind of work with him. Does he have a lot of involvement in the business or is it he's kind of said, look, like this is your baby or does he, is there anything that he's that like, expert in that? Yeah, so we're like fully involved and I think it's quite funny because he works in um in finance industry which is very full-on and he's into numbers which is great because I'm not really good at that um you know we struggled in the beginning to work out how old I was okay. I get um, that. we put a few birthdays before could we we were like how old were we three years ago it's like yeah. yeah 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 so he's the numbers guy which is great because I'm not good at that at all I can, you know, be the creative and come up with ideas, for products and things and bring it to him. So we'll stay up until like 3, 4 a.m. going over things, emailing. He's, he's just as involved as I am. So I would say that it's almost pivotal having, first of all, it's the fact that you who at the time you weren't employed, but you were able to start this business because you had the idea. And that kind of allows people to say like, even if things haven't gone right, then you can start your own business. But your part, it shows that whether you're full-time employed or whether you are unemployed for whatever reason, which I'm sure a lot of people are at the moment due to COVID, you can make your dreams a reality. And then the second part in that, as well as the importance of having a sounding board, like yeah. I think a lot of individuals say like, oh, like I started this business by myself. Like I've never worked with anyone. It's all me. And like you hear that and that is very rarely the case because how can you learn? How can you bounce ideas? Like those 4am conversations are so important and you're getting that. Like it sounds like such a brilliant relationship that you've both got that you can work together and do this. Like what a partnership. People ask like, how are you guys dealing with it? Do you butt heads and... Like, yeah, like, I'll come to him with an idea and he'll tell me, you know, this doesn't work. Like, you know, let's be realistic. We'll talk through things together. And it's been an amazing journey working with him. And I just can't wait to see where we are in a year, two years, five years time. And so, yeah, I'm really thankful. So he's like part of your method. So obviously (laughs) off the back of that, are you looking at investment rounds? So we've actually been approached which is really flattering because we've we've had this brand for over a year, but we just launched in May. I'm really flattered by that because I didn't think that that would happen so soon. But we're not looking for that moment. So we're financing it independently ourselves. I think that is something that we will think about once we've grown and we've scaled the business to help us get to kind of where we want to get to long term but for now we're not taking any outside investment I think that on LinkedIn and on these other profiles there's a lot of people who seem to be posting like we're raising x and they're not actually raising money for anything they're just raising money so they can say they've had investment and for you as a brand to know that you you know what you want the brand to be because when investment starts coming in it is like having a boss your business isn't necessarily fully your business anymore depending on how the investor do they take a seat on the board are they going to want to be involved in the business are they going to work x amount of hours a week do they have expertise in the area or is it just purely cash like what percent are they having of the business there's so many variables that have to be taken into consideration when taking investment that I think a lot of people are just so driven by cash rather than the long-term vision whereas 
like you've just said like this is your brand it's the name of the brand is you like it's everything you are and that in itself is so important that you keep that so obviously as an individual to keep motivated even though it's you and your partner but obviously like it's been locked down like we're inside a lot of the time there's a lot of ups and downs as we all know I've seen on your TikTok that manifestation is a form of motivation for you so could you just tell me a little bit more about that Oh no, you've been on my TikTok. <laughs> of course I have. I'm still trying to navigate like I'm horrific. TikTok world. I'm horrific. Like a TikTok is such a weird and wonderful place at the same time. Like it's so different to Instagram. So when I post, what more do I have to do? But um yeah, I'll I'll get around TikTok soon but yeah my manifestation board so I have always been into manifesting um ever since I think it was like my first um so when I was at uni I think it was my first year I started working and um I was making a lot of money and commission it was it was sales the manager that was there at the time was like you're doing really well. Why don't you like have a picture of something that you want to buy to help motivate you and have it on your desk? And I was like, mm, okay, I'll try that then. So at the time I really wanted to get a Louis Vuitton bag. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I was like, it was this one month, there was like this cash bonus. It was a lot of money as a competition and I won and I was new. Obviously I'm going to go out and get my bag now. <laughs> so I literally... <laughs> Um, yeah I waltzed out of there with my bag I think I and uh, yeah like every week after that I was printing off things uh, things that I wanted to ever since then I've always done that I've always had like a screenshot of something on my phone or in the beginning of the year I'll create like a mood board on, on word and then I'll save it into my phone and look at it occasionally so when I started my brand I was like, okay what do I actually want to achieve let me print out all of these fabulous things and, and have them in a collage and I actually framed it and I've got it mm-hmm. on the wall I've seen it my and I look at it every day <laughs> and my when my friend came to visit me she was like why have you got a Fendi pram <laughs> on <laughs> it's like my business <laughs> but I swear I saw like a Lambo on there or something and I was like okay this is yeah. She is. She's yeah. gonna get it. I was like, like, she's gonna get it. Like, it's gonna happen. Yeah. <laughs> I fully believe you're gonna get the Lambo. I'm fully invested. Yeah, like, why not? So, for someone who has never made a manifestation board in her life, like, can you give me some tips, please? Yeah. So, I actually just think about what I want to where I want to be, the things that I want to have in like a year, five years, 10 years. Um, and I will just go on, like Canva is amazing. Do you use Yeah, I, l- I use Canva for everything. Oh, same, I'm obsessed. I'm trying to teach my mum how to use it, but yeah. that's not like, very well. <laughs> my mum, everything, every day. It's, <laughs> it's not, they're not great with computers. It's a lot. <laughs> it is. The I am showing, I'm like, do it yourself then. <laughs> so in terms of obviously like manifesting and what else keeps you motivated and pushing you towards your goals being around people who are very motivated and very driven and self-starters has helped motivate me 
But I would also say being, I'm quite a spiritual person, I'm religious as well. And also going through the experience that we spoke about earlier of the fire that happened in my family home when I was in, in the house when it happened, that really strengthened my relationship with the universe and with God, whatever you want to call it. I'm a spiritual person. I pray every night. I'm recently found a higher power, a God. Not too sure what it is yet, but it's definitely something. And I'm the same as you. Other people motivate me. I feel as though I owe it to the universe to be the best version of myself. And the best version of myself doesn't necessarily have to mean like making a mill or like being like the most successful female entrepreneur in the North. Do you know what I mean? Like for me, it might be just like getting out of bed one day or the best version of me today is like, I've just come on my period. So I'm going to eat a pack of cookies and I don't give a shit. Like the best version of me tomorrow might be like getting up early and going for a run. And I feel like there's a lot to be said for people who who have that trust in kind of the higher power, the spirituality and the world. And again, with your manifestations, like that obviously is really working. I'm definitely going to put a Lambo on my manifestation. Yeah, do it. <laughs> we can get matching ones. <laughs> so business and economics, like that is essentially you're going to go into finance. And you did it, you went yeah. into beauty. You went to beauty for the passion. How do you manage the passion being and the business being in your life 24 seven? Because I find it really hard to shut off and switch off to all of that. So what do you see there? Yeah, like sometimes it does become a bit intense and it is a bit much because, so like, for example, with the Instagram, for example, like I've got my personal Instagram and then I've got my, which I'm not very active on. And then I've got my uh, business Instagram, which I'm currently building at the moment. Mm -hmm. And I, because I'm so into beauty and fashion, makeup and everything, I've got that on my personal page, scrolling through the feed. And then I'll have to go on my business Instagram page and everything is makeup on there as well. And I'm watching like my favorite show, well, which has just ended glow up I don't know if you've oh my god yes yes I love glow yes <laughs> yeah so I'll be watching glow up as well while scrolling on my phone while replying to emails about the business which is obviously makeup mm-hmm. having conversations about it and I'm just like some days I'm like okay everything is like too much now I'm not going to do anything today and sometimes I feel a little bit guilty but then I'm like well no actually obviously this is my job now this is this is my life but you have to kind of sometimes take a break away if you feel like things are becoming a bit intense because I I love what I do and I I love makeup that's my passion but I I don't want for it to like kind of take over my life if that makes if I'm making sense I don't I don't know how to explain it properly but I, I don't want to fall out of love with makeup because it's becoming too intense with the business like literally every minute of every day I'm doing something to do with that if that makes sense like I'm trying not to make it sound like it's negative because it's not because I love it but I feel like if it's just all the time and and you need you need to have a breakaway I think like I don't don't even know if I explain that you made perfect sense
Oh, thank you so much. No, but you are amazing, though, and you're just so easy to talk to. I feel like I was talking to one of my girlfriends this whole time. So.